This is the Unserious Careers and Gap Years Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. It is Alana Kilmartin, your host here of the Unserious Careers and Gap Years Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. This is the podcast where I talk about all things careers and, of course, gap years, but careers with a difference, careers with a little less seriousness attached, a little bit more fun, a little bit more adventure and enjoyment. And gap years are one of my all-time favorite topics to talk about, and I love hearing about how people have spent their gap years. And I want to share this with you so that you can maybe think yourself about taking a gap year, whether that be after school or later in your 20s or even in your 30s, it is never too late to have a gap year. This is part two of my kind of career story, I suppose. So if you haven't listened to the first part, you might want to jump back to the previous episode or hey, live dangerously, just jump right into this episode. The first part was more of, let's say, the serious part, the thinking I needed to go and become a doctor, the being dumped, the just that whole messiness that can come with being a teenager and a 20-something year old and feeling like I had to figure out work, I had to be the best at it, or I had to decide on one career and stick at that forever. But I soon realized that that wasn't the case. And I left the previous episode, we kind of got up to the point where I had finished university I was totally lost, had no idea what I was doing, more confused than when I started. And that is when my partner and I, we took a trip over to Queenstown in New Zealand. And that's how we kind of went, went, uh, sorry, left that episode. And that's really where the more, shall we say, unserious part of my career came in. So let's pick up right where I left off. Um, When we went to New Zealand, we had this, I think we had about a week, maybe a trip and my uh, boyfriend had always skied since he was like a tiny little boy and then he'd become a snowboarder as well. And so we wanted to go to Queenstown because he wanted to kind of show me this like massive passion that he has for snowboarding, which is why we came over here in the first place. So we came over, I was not great, did a day of snowboarding, not great, shall we say, quite awful, spent most of my time on my bum in the cold snow, but hey, that's how you've got to learn, right? And we had this just epic time. He was probably just as lost as I was, my boyfriend, and getting into like a new environment just made the world of difference, could help us think a little bit clearer, see what else might be out there for us. And we... Yeah, we decided to move to New Zealand in a nutshell. And it was spontaneous, but also not spontaneous at all. And while we did decide to move there kind of on the spot, we had a little look for jobs because we didn't have, we had jobs to go back to, but they weren't jobs that we particularly wanted to be in for a long period of time. So we thought, oh, maybe we could just stay here. And we had to look for some jobs and it didn't quite pan out. We were trying to force it. And yeah, maybe you felt like that before where like you're forcing something. It's like you, you want something like, let's just do it now. I can't wait another six months or whatever it may be. And it was all just too much. We, we looked totally desperate if I'm going to be honest with you to get these jobs just so we could stay and maybe didn't have to deal with the reality of going back to Australia and kind of packing up our lives there but anyway we still got our bums on the plane and we went back to Australia and we 
kind of took about probably what was that maybe four or five months to really get it all in motion. We had a trip over to America for my brother's wedding. And so we had this kind of travel in between and I went and did a trip as well with one of my really good mates backpacking around Southeast Asia. So it was like, I was like, right, shackles are off. I am, I'm finished university. I can do whatever I want now. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I'm just going to go and have fun. And when we moved to New Zealand, what I was most excited for was that I could be whoever I wanted to be because no one knew me there. I didn't have to worry about being, I don't know, being someone that someone I grew up with knew me as, or I didn't have to chase a corporate career, or I didn't have to, I don't know, I can't like really explain it properly, but I could just do whatever I wanted. I could almost like reshape my whole identity. I could try whatever I wanted. I could try something new. I didn't have to be good at it. No one knew me. No one had any of my history. So I could only give them whatever I wanted to give out of that, which was kind of neat. There was a real freedom. It sucks sometimes because you didn't have that support network there, but it was just a really like awesome opportunity to go and explore a little bit with like, who am I and what am I doing with my life? And I made myself a promise before I moved to New Zealand that we were really moving to New Zealand to have fun. And we wanted to go somewhere that you could enjoy where you lived on the weekends. And what I mean by this is I've been living in the city for four and a half, nearly five years at this point in time. And I was feeling like a bit like suffocated by the city. Like I needed to get out and I grew up on a farm, right? So I was used to having more space and I really felt like I wanted to go somewhere that was picturesque, which is like the mountains in New Zealand. They're absolutely gorgeous, but somewhere that other people were living there because they wanted to enjoy the activities that the area had to offer. So by moving to Queenstown, New Zealand, we could go snowboarding on the weekends. We could hang out at the lake in the summer. There were so many activities that we could do that I'd felt like Melbourne wasn't offering that to me. And that's what I really wanted at that point in my life. So we moved over there with no plan. We Neither of us had jobs and I'm going, sorry, going back to that promise. The promise I made myself was that I was going to do something for work that was fun. And I had this idea to become a travel agent. And that came about because, well, I love travel and I'd done sales jobs at university. And so I really felt like it was going to be a really great match of like something I knew I'd be kind of good at, but something I really cared about. And that kind of comes back into that idea of when I was at university, I did something. So I did like, you know, the biomedical science and commerce and I was good at it, but I never really like sunk my teeth into it because it was something it was okay to learn, but I wasn't like madly passionate about it. So that was kind of something I wanted to play with. I'd say when I went to New Zealand was how can I, how can I do a job that like I'm going to enjoy that is a bit of a challenge, but yeah, I can go in and just make the most of it. And what ended up happening was I got into a company over in New Zealand and completely thrived. When I say thrived, it was like, it was a match made in heaven. Like I'd found, I'd found my place and I, I just loved it. I loved talking about travel all the time. I loved being part of people's journey to booking their travel these people that maybe were doing once in a lifetime trips. Like it was just awesome to be constantly like immersed in that environment of travel and to live in such a beautiful place. And I really had what I loved about the company I worked for was there were always goals to meet. Like it was very clear of like, you're doing really well because you've got X number of sales. And if you've never done a job in sales before or in commission, I highly recommend that you do one because boy, oh boy, does it teach you a lot 
when your salary or your wage is riding on how well you actually do at your job. And there's some things you can't control. So I ended up going and doing this and I did some training as part of that. And it, for the first 12 months, it was magical. I had, I did really well. So to put this in kind of context, Basically the first, it's a, there's a huge turnover rate in the travel industry because there's a lot of burnout and some people it's just, it's just not for them. And there was very much like a work hard, play hard culture at the company I was at, which was epic because I was 25 years old. I was in a new town. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to make friends. You'd be going to these events like once a month, once every couple of months where it's an open bar. Like I could drink wine, like proper wine. It was insane. And I'd never been exposed to something like that where, yeah, you could go to work, get your job done. And if you did your job, if you got your job done well, you were then celebrated and you could go on these epic experiences. And because it was in the travel industry, you could win trips or you could also earn trips. So you could be say the highest seller for an airline and then they would run a, an event or a, a holiday and they would take the top sellers on that event. So I could always see like the goalposts, which I really enjoyed and I could see how good I was. I knew when I was improving because I could see my numbers, my sales increase month on month. And I had this goal. They had at the company, they had this thing once a year. It was like an international event or a conference, but it was only for the top sellers in the company. So the people that had like, they were at the top, maybe 2% in the company or whatever it may be. And you never know until like the year before where the event's going to be held. And it's like a three day event. It's like no expense spare, just this epic experience that you get to work hard all year. And then you get to completely like let your hair down at this one event. And when I got into the company, I said, that's what I want to do. Like I want to go and I want to go to this event. I want to be one of the top sellers. And I just want to experience what that's like. Cause it was such a hype around it. And I found out shortly after starting in this job that it was going to be held in Vegas, which was the best news ever. Just cause I thought, is there any like better of a destination that you can think of for a big epic party than Vegas? So I, had that in mind. I had this goal in mind. I was like, Vegas, got to get to Vegas, got to get to Vegas. And I ended up, yeah, in this first year, I'm, I qualified to go to Vegas. So I had enough sales to go to Vegas. And the, as I said, going back to the point of like, there is a very high turnover rate in the industry. There were a lot of people that were in their first year of the job. And what ended up happening was I did so well that I got number one, like first year in New Zealand and I got number two in the world. So the, comp- the company was across a number of countries and different continents. And so for, just to give you like an idea, probably in New Zealand, I was number one out of maybe 250 or 300 people. And then in the world, there might've been about a thousand or something like that. So I was number two out of that. So yes, obviously I'm still gutted that I didn't get number one, but anyway, I got to go to Vegas. That was the main thing. And kind of what ended up happening because of this is I did get these other trips along the way and they were really like, there's something so satisfying about going on a ridiculously short trip, like four days to these destinations. And you don't have to worry about paying for a thing. All you've got to do is show up and you really have, earned it. Like it hasn't been handed to you. So you would often be like, I would be working right up until I had to go to the airport. Like I might have a flight out at four o'clock and I'd be working right up until two o'clock to go to the airport. And then I'd like crash on the plane and then go and have this, this, um, yeah, this experience overseas. So 
I go to Vegas and I, it's so insane. Like there was a, like Air New, so this is Air New Zealand. They charter a plane for this company to go direct from like Auckland into Vegas. So it's only like colleagues and people from this company that are on this plane. It was insane. Like, I don't know how many people there are on that plane, like 200 people, whatever it is, all that have earned their spot on this trip that now are on a, they've been drinking probably before they got on the plane. And now they're about to go to Vegas for a three day party. Pretty much. It was, I will never forget the feeling of going on that plane and sitting down and just this buzz in the air. Everyone was there for a happy reason. And it was so, so cool to be part of. And we go to Vegas. It's this three day event. The first night is this epic pool party. Like once again, like keeping in mind, all of this is paid for. We're staying at this nice hotel. You go to this event that night. There's like, there's just alcohol everywhere. It's a massive pool party. Just such a cool experience. And then the next day we have this like conference. So you go and there's awards given and there's speeches and stuff like that. And then they always have a, like a keynote speaker or a guest speaker each, each year and you don't know who it is until the day. And then they do this like massive, like reel before it of like who, like uh, revealing who the speaker is going to be. And there's like, this, like electric energy in this room of like, oh my God, who's going to be, who's going to be. And there had been some pretty big names in the past. So all of a sudden this reel starts playing and I start seeing this, like these scenes from movies. And I was like, holy crap, don't tell me it is Mark Wahlberg. And then Mark Wahlberg walks out on the stage and he is like the guest speaker for our conference. Like it was insane. He'd flown out from like LA to Las Vegas just for like our event. And it was just so cool. Like just that he was, I don't even want to think about how much they would have had to pay him to come to this event, but it was just a surreal moment of I'm at this event for work and Mark Wahlberg is the speaker. And I love Mark Wahlberg. I love his films. And it just, it was like, how can it get any better than this? And so then that night we go to this big formal event, all of these, like, you know, you fancy dress and there's like a dinner and celebrations. And then there's an after party and it's an after party just for this company. And at the after party, we don't, there's also normally a big DJ. We don't know who the DJ is. And then we find out it's Calvin Harris. Calvin Harris is DJing our after party. I seriously, it was absolutely nuts. And there was just so many moments during that time where I knew I'd earned it. I knew I'd worked my absolute butt off to get there. And then I could enjoy that experience. And it just tasted so much sweeter, I think, because of it. So massive, massive high going to Vegas. But there's something that was happening in the background that a lot of people probably didn't realize at the time and then ended up playing out over those couple of months after that. And what had really happened was to get to Vegas and to get number one in New Zealand, number two in the world, I had had to work my butt off like ridiculous hours, just the, the sheer volume of sales I needed to make to get there was insane. And it, it taught me so much about like what's possible if you put your mind to it and you put the effort in. But really what happened is it ended up impacting my relationship. It, affected my ability to do the things that I enjoy, like say go snowboarding, which is one of the reasons why we've moved to New Zealand. And I was under a constant state of pressure to deliver better sales month on month. And while there were some like extreme highs of going on these trips or going to Vegas, 
there were massive, massive lows at the same time. And it would be like from one extreme to the next. Like, as I said, even about how I'd be working, say, until I had to go to the airport, I would be under the pump trying to get everything done before I'd went. And I would be so stressed it's not going to happen. Or I'd get like a phone call from a client that's in an emergency situation. But then I'd go to these events and I'd go to these parties where it was this massive celebration mode. And it was this weird, like it almost like messed with my head because it was like I couldn't get any consistency in my life. And... I'd taken a promotion at the company uh, because I'd been doing so well at the company. I really found my niche. Like I'd found the environment where I can thrive. It's like, I know I'm good at sales. I know I'm good at travel. So this is like what ended up happening. And that got recognized quite early on. And so I ended up taking a promotion. This is a couple of months, uh, probably about a month before Vegas. I took this promotion and the promotion would involve moving to a different like office and I would be a senior team leader and it would be across a number of uh, a couple of different sites. And it was a new team of about 10 of like 10 salespeople. And they were, as I said, pretty new. They needed like they needed support and guidance and development. But then I would also still be expected to have my own personal clients and sales that I would be contributing to the team. And this is what happens. I think when you're 26, so I was 26 at the time when this happened, I kind of got conv- or I yeah got convinced to take this promotion when it really probably wasn't what I wanted to do. I think I'd kind of sense it like, okay, I've got number one. I've climbed this really high mountain. I'm pretty happy with this. I don't know if I want to keep going with this, but then this opportunity got presented to do it, to take the promotion. And it was something that was like presented to me as being really awesome. Like, Hey, this is like a once in a lifetime. Like you're, you're so young, but this could go like, this could be massive for your career. And it was a really good opportunity. Like truly it was a really great opportunity, but given the timing and everything I'd gone through to get to where I was, um, say personal sales wise, it was going to be a massive step up to go and do this job then. And I was honestly exhausted. I was so tired because I'd be working these insane hours. Like sometimes my partner would drop me off at work. It might be like six 30 in the morning and it would be dark. People wouldn't be in the office for another two hours. So I'd be tapping away. I'd be doing my work. And then sometimes I might be there until eight or nine o'clock at night. And then I would sometimes be working from home and it wasn't always like that, but there towards the end there, that's what it kind of took to get to that volume. And what really happened when I took this promotion was a lot of the joy of the job left me because I had all of a sudden this like extra responsibility. So I had, I had people that I was like accountable to, like I had to deliver team results, but also individual results. But then I also had a team of people that needed me and I was their leader. So they needed a different level of support from me. And Yeah, I just, it really got quite bad. I wasn't sleeping properly and it really, I knew it had gotten bad when I would be driving to work. It was the middle of the night, sorry, not the middle of the night, because that's extreme. Um, It was early in the morning, so it was still dark, middle of winter, dangerous road, and I would be in tears. Like there would be tears streaming down my face and through my head, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. I don't want to go. I just, I can't do this again. And I would inevitably get to work and I would fix myself up, wipe the tears off, and then I would walk into work and and put on a show, I guess, and, and be that, be the person I needed to be in that environment. But I'd come home each night, totally exhausted. My partner could see it on my face. He knew how bad it had got. And 
I struggled because I didn't really have anyone within the company to talk to about it that could really help me. And it became, I guess, so it almost felt like I had no other option. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't see a way forward where I could stay in the company and be sane or, you know what I mean? Like that it would get better that that maybe that balance would come into play where I could still enjoy snowboarding. I could still do, do what I wanted outside of work. And so I ended up deciding to quit and it was a big decision and it was a big, it had a big impact on people because I had a team and people didn't expect me to, to quit. And I, it, I'd only been in the job a couple of months, but I just, it had just gotten to that point where I felt like I was past the point of no return. And I, if I didn't leave then my life, my, I was signing my life away to that company and that kind of career. And it just wasn't what I wanted. And I, once again, I was 26 and it really, it gave me a whole like level of insight into careers and how we make career decisions that I couldn't, I just kept feeling like I had to help other people. Like something had to change because what had happened was I'd thought at school that like, you need to go to university to be successful. You need to go and get a good degree and then go get a good job. And that's how you get somewhere. But I'd gone into this company that you didn't into a job that you didn't need any qualification for. And I started right at the bottom. Like if you think about the rungs of the company, like you did not need any qualifications to go into this job. And, but I'd found this environment where I thrived because I was good at it and I enjoyed it. And this, this, the system was set up so that I could succeed. Well, succeed in, in a number sense. And it made me think so much about university and about what I'd been told about when I was a, like when I was a teenager and I was like, man, something's not right here. Like something doesn't make sense. Like the information I received back then doesn't line up with what my experience actually is of like the workforce. And when I left the company, I kind of felt like I needed to give people, uh, my next step. Like everyone always asks you, what are you going to do next? When you quit, they're like, Oh, what are you going to up to next? Or have you got a job lined up or what are you going to do? Which really frustrates me. Cause honestly, all I wanted to do was sleep. I was so tired. I just wanted to sleep for like three months and my health was like shot to pieces. Like I was a, a walking zombie and I just, I, it was like, I was totally, I don't know if you've ever felt this totally disconnected from my body. It was like my brain would kind of go to work. So brain wise I'd be at work or I'd be working on my laptop and like my brain was on, but my body was like checked out. Like it, I don't, yeah, it was weird. It was like this weird state of like limbo. I just, I didn't, I didn't know what was even happening in my body. I couldn't, I couldn't feel it anymore. Cause I was so having to be on each day in this job to do what I did. And yeah, I kind of, when people would ask me, what am I going to do next? I felt like I need to give them an answer. So I would say to them, I'm going to write a book. I don't even know where that came from. I was like, I'm just going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. They'd ask what's so what's the book going to be on? And I was like, Oh, it's going to be on careers for young people. And this, I guess, idea started forming around, I want to help young people. I want to give them the information they actually need, like before they leave school or after they leave school or in their twenties of like, Hey, this is kind of actually the way things are. And this is what I wish I'd known back then that I've either had to learn the hard way, or I've actually learned through the fun way, but I want more people to know about this. And that was kind of like my escape. That was my out. That was, that was my, my reason I give people when I was leaving and it just made things a little bit more straightforward. And I ended up leaving and I honestly took a couple of months just to like chill out, not do a whole lot because I needed to recover like physically from the like high pressure situation. I was absolutely in burnout in hindsight. I didn't really realize what burnout was, but I was a hundred percent in burn, uh, in burnout. And 
eventually I started kind of working on this idea of the book and I hit many walls on that. And it's honestly been another couple of years since I first started wanting to write that to this point now, but I just couldn't, I really couldn't get away from this idea of like, I want to help other people to learn how to like enjoy their career and to make great career decisions and to not feel that pressure to decide on one job and then continue with that forever. And I want to bring in as well the, the snowboarding piece, because I've spoken about that, but I want to talk about snowboarding for a moment because what happened is the first winter that we were there, I went up snowboarding. My partner was trying to teach me and then I did some lessons. And on the second day I went up and I broke my wrist in a very embarrassing way as well. And I broke my wrist snowboarding and I was like, damn it. Like I was going to be so good at this. I was terrible at the time. I had a long way to go, but I was like, no, but I want to do this. I want to learn how to do it. And snowboarding was this like almost like challenge. And I never thought I would be someone that could snowboard. I was that kind of like kid in school that like could barely go in the sun because I would get sunburned so easily. And I just never thought I'd have the, I'm a very uncoordinated person. I never thought I would be able to snowboard. But even though I broke my wrist, I kind of made it my mission once I'd healed to learn how to snowboard. And so over the following years, um, each winter, I would get better and better. And my partner would teach me and I would just keep improving. And snowboard ended up being like one of my biggest teachers about my career of this. Like what I love about it is when I'm snowboarding, I'm not thinking about anyone else. Oh, sorry, anyone or anything else. I am totally in the zone I'm enjoying myself. I'm lit up. And when I finish snowboarding, I have so much energy to go and do something else and to put into something else. And it was, I'm just so fortunate that I learned how to do it because it gives me this, like, it's almost like a, um, what do I want to say? Like almost like a barometer or like a measure of how I'm going in life is if I go a snowboarding and I can't enjoy it, like I am so frazzled. I'm so up in my head, worried about the next decision, what's going on in my career. I know something's out of whack in my life. Whereas if I can go up snowboarding and I can enjoy it, I know like I'm doing okay because you have to be, to be, to snowboard, you have to be so in tune with your body. You have to know the subtle movements that you need to make to adjust so that you don't like face plan or hurt yourself or run into someone. And so it's a very like, um, I don't know, it's just a very body oriented sport. So I wanted to just say that because I didn't touch on that earlier, but yeah, snowboarding has been a really, really key part of my journey. And since leaving that, the travel agent job and deciding to write the book, I did a lot of research around the book and I had another job in there as well. And then eventually it really did get to that point where I was creeping on 30, coming up to 30 years old. And I was like, I got to do this. I have got to go and start making more of a difference for young people because I saw so many people come through and have this kind of mid twenties crisis of like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And I was like, same. I thought the same thing when I was that age. And I thought, you know what? I've got a story. I can do something about this. And the longer I wait, the more people that don't have access to to the message that I want to share. And in the last probably say six months or so in particular, I've really made it my mission to change that. You know, I just, I couldn't keep messing around. I had to get, um, I had to get real about it. And I started forming the the concept of unserious careers and really about what is an unserious career? What does that look like? Why was an unserious career so important to me? And when it really like boils down to it, the idea of an unserious career is in a career that you enjoy and understanding that if you enjoy it now, you can always change your mind in the future. You can go and do something else instead. It really puts the idea of like your experience of work before all else. So just because you're smart enough to go and become a, an engineer, 
if you don't enjoy that, you're only ever going to be so good at it. And that's what happened when I was a travel agent. If I wasn't um, passionate about it, I wouldn't have been, I couldn't have been anywhere near as good as it, at, at it as I was. And we spend so much time working. Why dislike that work that we're doing? Why hate that? And this is really what came to the front uh, over the last six months in particular of like, this is a message I really want to get out there to people. And I will do another episode, probably more on that in particular, that unserious career piece. And I've now left New Zealand. My partner and I left New Zealand. So we kind of packed up our lives. there. we'd been there nearly five years. And I've really started to like own that my career isn't linear. It isn't going in a straight line. It isn't maybe conventional or typical and that's okay. So my career has looked very different to other people. And sometimes I will speak to friends and I'll hear about what they're doing or what they've done in their life. And I'll feel like, oh, maybe I should have done that. Or I could have done that if I hadn't have done this. But at the end of the day, I've made my own decisions and I'm really happy with them. And yeah, some of them haven't worked out as well as I would have liked, but I've just got to keep doing what I'm doing. I can't focus on that comparison with other people. And it's something that's massively happened in my twenties as I found myself comparing to other people. And by moving to New Zealand, it allowed me to kind of eliminate a lot of that, that I wasn't comparing myself to other people. And I could just kind of experiment and explore with what I really wanted to do and who I was as a, as a human being. So I'm now on my second gap year. So I touched on gap year in my, in the part one of this episode, but my partner and I have pretty much decided he's never taken a gap year. We're like, you know what? Let's go on a gap year. Let's call it. We wanted to call it a gap year because we didn't really know. We, we knew we wanted to leave New Zealand, but we didn't kind of know where we wanted to spend an extended period of time next. And so we thought, well, rather than just kind of, I don't know, fluffing about and just like, just, just saying that we're traveling, we're like, let's make it a gap year. So let's, spend a gap year, um, traveling and working and doing cool things, having awesome experiences, meeting people. And through that process, we will kind of decide on where we want to be next. So whether that is back in Australia, whether it's back in New Zealand, whether it's Canada, wherever it may be in the world. So we're now doing that. So we're on gap year. I'm on gap year 2.0. Um, I'm obviously building all of this. I'm doing this podcast. I've got my book and I'm kind of building a business around that just to help people like you, the listener, really just own your career and create the career that you actually want that aligns with the life you want to be able to live. That it's actually, sometimes you need that external support. You need some resources. You need to hear someone else's story. And I don't know, I like I've struggled sometimes to like label what I'm doing or, or I don't know, my title, I guess. And a lot of it just comes down to, I want to be a role model for people, people that are, they could be older than me or younger than me of like, Hey, this is possible. This is what I've done. You might not want to do the same thing exactly, but there might be something from my story that you want to take. And that gives you the, I don't know, the, the idea in your head of like, Hey, maybe I can do that too. Because it's been, it's not been easy to, it, like there's been times when it has been really tough and I've been really stressed out and I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that it's been the right thing for me. And I've had to constantly remind myself of like, you're just doing what's right for you. It's all good. It's all good. And I found when I've gotten too serious and I've gotten too caught up in like trying to find that one job or my dream job or deciding that one thing, why can't I just stay in something for five years? 
that's when I know the exact thing I need to do is something unserious. I need to do something fun because it kind of brings me back to me and I feel much more myself. And that's what this gap year is about. It's kind of like, hey, we know what we want now. We know we're a bit clearer. We've been a bit like, oh, we don't know what we want to do. But whereas now we have like from a work perspective, more idea of what we want to do. So let's go and now explore the world a little bit more, have some, just, I don't know, go and have some fun. We don't have kids. We don't have anything kind of tying us down. So first stop is Japan. And I leave, depending on when this episode comes out, I leave kind of towards the end of January and we couldn't be more excited. So we're going snowboarding in Japan to begin with. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you along on the journey through my travels, which has been a a massive thing for me to like get my head around because I'm normally very, um, I don't want to say like maybe private, but I'm always like, Oh, I don't want to share what I'm doing because like maybe people won't care. But someone was talking to me and they're like, no, it's really cool what you're doing. Like we need to see that. We need to see that you're like putting into practice what you're talking about. So I will be taking you along for the journey. If you do follow me on like social media and through the podcast, I'll obviously talk about what I'm doing as well, but I couldn't be any more excited to go to Japan at the moment. We know just to like list a couple of places we know we will be going to Japan, South Korea will be over in the States. We'll be up in Canada. We'll be over in Europe. It's going to be really, really cool. I'm so excited for it. And this is like, I don't know, the decision to go and do it was kind of like, if not now, when like, this is what I want to do. I know this is what I want to do. I am so excited to go and do it. And that's like, I don't have to always feel like that in my career, but that's how I want to feel in my life. I want to be excited by what I'm doing and I want to have a whole bunch of fun. And I truly believe that you can have fun through your career. You can have um, a fun life and have a great career as well that you don't have to choose one over the other. Like you've got to work really hard to be able to save money to then have enjoyment on the weekends. I think there is a way that you can, you can enjoy it all. So that is, sorry, this episode ended up being slightly longer than I was hoping for, but I get so into the story of like, of like traveling and I don't know, flying around the world. I just, uh, it just all comes out and I can't stop talking. So apologies for the slightly longer episode. Um, please, if you have any questions or you have any stories that you'd love to share with me, please DM me. You can find me at unserious careers, um, through Instagram, through also TikTok as well. Website is unseriouscareers.com. The book comes out on the 15th of February, if you're interested in that, but please reach out to me. I would love to hear more about your story and I will from now on be bringing more guests in. I wanted to kind of get my story out there just so I'm not some rando um, talking to someone. You're like, what's her story? So please, if you have any questions about my story or anything like that, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you and please have a fabulous day. I will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.